0: And one of those battles was to convince um, our family to be on the same page that we were. And that was an unhealthy expectation. So we have come to terms to let go and grieve. You know, I think grieving is really important when it comes to unmet expectations. We have to grieve.
1: Welcome to Ariana Answers. I'm Dr. Ariana Brandolini, a clinical psychologist who lives in New York City. Every week I answer a life question submitted by a listener like you. In the second season of my podcast, I want to unpack anxiety around situations in life we find ourselves in. Each episode will have two parts. One where I break down the situational anxiety we experience and the other, where I have an expert in the field, give us some advice. Would you like your question answered? Head over to the description of this video to submit. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Ali and Ben Siegmayer are the founders of Between A and B, a company that advocates for emotionally healthy living and provides life coaching services, marriage preparation courses, and much more. They're dedicated to helping their clients thrive in life and overcome areas where they've become stuck in career, relationships, and sense of purpose. Ali and Ben have been married for over a decade and have personally journeyed to a place of emotional health. They're some of my dearest friends and I've personally learned so much from their wisdom, their vulnerability, and their love for people. Ali and Ben are based in New York City and can be found online at a-b.community.
2: Allie and Ben Siekmeyer, some of my favorite people in the entire world. Welcome to Dr. Arianna Answers. How are you guys doing today? God, so we
0: are so honored, so happy to see you, our favorite psychologist
2: in the city, or let's say in the world. <laughs> Thank you, my love. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you guys coming on and sharing today. I think this is going to be such an exciting conversation. Um, we are talking about anxiety and navigating family conflict, family dynamics. Um, and the two of you are absolute pros at um, helping people develop good relationships. I know you both are passionate about um, being Healthy people on the inside, and how that also affects how we relate to other people. I'd love to hear a little bit about your story about why you're so passionate about helping people have family uh, healthy families, healthy relationships. Um, and what was your journey in kind of getting to this place to help people do that?
3: That's a great question. and it has been a journey definitely. Um, you know I, I work in commercial real estate. my My work isn't to work directly with people but it's become a passion project and it's something that I dedicate a lot of, of time to, reading books, learning, listening to podcasts. I've gone through my own journey of working with a therapist, overcoming things. In a real way, I've you know experienced transformation in my life going from a person that had a lot of mental health issues to one who really is, is quite stable and has a full life. And so I think that this is just something that's come out of our own Experience and uh, as a result, we've wanted to help other people that are in that same journey that we've been in, and uh, it's been an honor.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I will say that our story has, you know, a lot of joyful moments, but also a lot of pain, especially in the area of relationships. We have experienced a lot of pain when it comes to our own families and even friends. Uh, but we are passionate because we have found hope for ourselves. For our own story that we have gone to the other side of our story, feeling equipped with tools, with hope that it is possible to have healthy relationships. So the work that we do um, comes from our own story, comes from (coughs) journeying and knowing messy moments, painful moments, and then moments of just breakthrough where we felt like, wow, we can actually overcome this. This is possible. And if it's possible for us, it is possible for others.
2: Yeah, that's so fantastic, guys. I think it brings people a lot of hope to hear people who've overcome things like this. And especially coming into um, the holiday season where people are going to be seeing family. I know a lot of people that I work with have a lot of anxiety going into these situations, right? Um, because of the different dynamics the different conflicts. And so um, for you guys, um, you know, a lot of things that, you know, and I talked about this about in this sister podcast, if anyone wants to listen, it is great. Um, but we talk a bit about family roles, right? How sometimes I hear this phrase often where people are like, I turn into my 13 year old self whenever I go home. Why does this happen? Um, And so we talk a little bit about family systems theory and how um, a family is like a machine, right? And every person in the family develops these assigned roles that you react and behave in certain ways in relationship to other people um that becomes a pattern and it's a pattern that's really hard to break and so um often people feel stuck in this and so um do you guys have experience with this in your own personal lives with your family
3: yes absolutely absolutely yeah Um, I can share a little bit about my family. So my family, if you're familiar with an Enneagram, is probably a type nine family, meaning that harmony is the most important. And growing up, my experience was that we always sort of moved as a a group. I'm one of five siblings, uh, two parents, and we always sort of made decisions together. We always did family vacations together. There was really no deviating from sort of the script that we were all reading together. And so that kind of worked growing up. And it wasn't until I was out of college, married to a beautiful wife, that we started to disrupt the system. And exactly what you're talking about is what we experienced. It was, we felt uh, that we should make certain decisions, make certain moves in our lives. But it was like we couldn't get the, the group of my family to come alongside of us in support. And it took a very long time for me personally to realize I didn't have to play that role anymore. I'm sort of, you know, the the shepherd dog of the family that kept everyone together and made sure that we never broke rank. And I had to realize that's, that's no longer my responsibility. And my responsibility is now to myself, to my family, to what I feel like uh, my heart's leading me to do and trusting that, you know, the family will survive even without me playing the role that I played growing up.
0: Yeah. And for my experience, I was born and raised in Guatemala. I come from a Latino family. We're very united. I am very tight with my family. And coming, you know, when I married Ben, I I came into the States, I moved to a different city, a different culture. So I had an expectation that Ben's family was going to Become my family. I was like, oh wow, I you know my mom is not longer in the same environment that I am. So Ben's mom is probably going to be like my mom in a way. And you know, navigating the pain and the disappointment that that was not the case Um, when I was a person that married their firstborn, their you know trophy son. And this girl from Guatemala came and kind of like snatched him away and took him away from family to start a new family with me. I think that there was a lot of pain and disappointment in realizing, wow, I have the wrong expectation when it comes to what I want with Ben's family. At the moment, they cannot fulfill that role of them being my little parents. Um, So I have to take care of me, I have to get my needs met from a healthy place rather instead of me expecting them to fulfill that space.
1: Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear.
2: I love that. I love talking about expectations, which um, we will continue that arm in a second, but practically speaking, I love you guys because you're so practical. And a lot of people are dreading going into these family situations, anticipating kind of these conflicts or this discomfort. Um, And so one thing I talk about a lot with the different people that I work with is, okay, how do we pick and choose what we're gonna how we're gonna manage the situation, right? Is this gonna be a situation where um we actually just have to pick our battles? Is this a situation where something needs to be confronted and discussed? How are we actually going to develop healthy boundaries for ourselves to be able to navigate this effectively and all that jazz? So given this story, this situation that you guys found yourself in, right? You suddenly sort of realize these different dynamics sort of came to light being married, now suddenly having these, this being confronted, um, how do you, did you guys navigate that anticipation of going into the situation where you knew it might be messy and you knew that there were things that um, might come up? How did you guys do that practically to kind of take care of yourself um, and also protect your family relationships?
0: That's a really good question. I remember in the like past holidays or any time, whatever we'd go visit Ben's family, the moment I would sit on the plane, I would start feeling a lot of anxiety in my body. I would start feeling sweaty. Uh, my hands were sweaty. I would start feeling like heart palpitations. So that was definitely a sign that I was clearly anxious and afraid about going into seeing Ben's family. So I had to really investigate. Why do I feel like that? Why is my body reacting this way? Why am I this anxious about seeing family? And this led me to discover that I did not feel safe or even accepted um, going into visiting his family. I felt like there was a lot of unspoken expectations or tension in the room. We would sit and have a family dinner and you know, like the family would be like quiet and like staring at us, almost like expecting us to like start conflict or start a conversation. And I think that one of the tools that I have practiced uh, to protect myself from one, not creating scenarios in my head that are not real and to from protecting myself to go in there with the right expectations and also you know, to release myself from the responsibility that I have to, I I don't have to fix the family. I don't Mm -hmm. have to be the one that saves or creates solutions. I'm in charge of myself, my inner world. I'm in charge of my connection with my husband. And just one of those things is just boundaries. I uh, feel like boundaries have been a key component for us when it comes to navigating healthy relationships with uh, Ben's family. Sometimes that looks like us not staying in the house, in the ha- house where Ben grew up, uh, because we found that instead of us having a restful time, it was really stressful for us. It felt like there was a lot of expectations to kind of like recreate childhood again. And when we are adults now, I feel like you know we are completely different people. Uh, we have changed. And one of those practical tools for us is whenever we go visit his family, and locally we have a lot of friends that live in the area, so we're able to stay with them, Um, just to kind of like create that separation and to find that, you know, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. So just really carving that out those moments of quality time, rather than the quantity that we were spending with family that usually that led us to feel burned out Mm -hmm. and emotional spent. So we didn't have anything to give after we were like, we spent seven hours sitting around the living room, staring at each other, uh, trying to create moments of connection. And we are completely exhausted and spent. So how can we like minimize those moments into moments of let's have like quality conversations, let's ask questions. Let's get to really know each other because we have changed, we live in different seasons mm-hmm. in different cities, excuse me. We are going through different seasons of life. So let's be intentional about the questions we're asking uh, and minimize those moments into quality instead of quantity. Yeah,
3: backing back on the kind of questions. I think that sometimes when we don't live in the same cities as our families, Uh, We sort of ruminate oftentimes leading up to a visit on what we're going to say, who we're going to confront, how we're going to say it, when we should say it, should it be to a group, should it be to one person? And I feel like all these questions create anxiety in our hearts. And so one thing that I've learned is instead of thinking about how you're going to confront or if you should confront, really think about what are the questions that I could ask that would open up? a dialogue and a conversation around the areas that I've been frustrated. And so I've done that before. Um, I had a wonderful therapist that helped me to write out some questions leading up to a uh, get together with my family after many months apart. And I was able to sit down with my parents and ask questions about areas that had been seasons that had been difficult in our history and just seek understanding, saying, hey, what was it like For you guys when Ali and I made this decision to do this to X thing. And they were able to then share, and it helped me to empathize with what their experience had been. But it also, in a very subtle way, created a sense of, oh, Ben was hurt by that. So it was like confrontation, but it was much more of an open dialogue, and there was less assumption. It was just, hey, look, this is an area that's created dissonance for me. What was it like for you? And it was a really healing experience for us.
0: Yeah. And if I can add one more thing to it, I think it's something that is really helpful for us is to really process our emotions before we get into the situation, before we show up in Colorado at the family dinner or the family gathering. It's really key for us to be really real with our emotions beforehand so that our heart goes completely prepared and not from not from a position that we're going to be, you know, offended or ready to react. But where we had to allow ourselves to really carve that space to be real with our hearts, with our emotions, what hurts? What am I disappointed about? I usually do this thing called um, morning dump, usually, where I, (laughs) like literally, um, where I like journal or I write in my like, notes on my phone, just everything that I'm feeling, like even if it's really ugly, all of my emotions, I just like dump it all out into the pages. And I am so real and so authentic so that there's a sense of relief that I don't have to go. And if I trigger, I'm not gonna react out of that trigger, but I'm gonna just be peaceful and I'm gonna like wait until I react. Um, because I had already given myself that space to really process my real raw
2: emotions. Yes, it's so important, right? A lot of people talk about trying to have these really heated conversations about all this historical stuff in the midst of feeling really triggered, right? And that's all, that's just a disaster. Because our amygdala in our brain is, which is the smoke detector, which detects danger and it's a fight or flight, right? And so as soon as that gets hit, when we feel activated because we feel attacked or um, someone's displaying the same patterns that they always do, our entire system of the frontal lobe, which is where we, you know... Have pros and cons, where we're able to empathize, where we're able to kind of reflect on the other, all of that is gone, right? You're just in attack mode. And so it's pointless to try to have conversations and to try to actually um, hash some of these things out when we're in that space, right? So I love what you said about trying to minimize those triggers and activations by actually taking a beat to really you know, what can you do, Ali, which I love is when you talk to your heart, right? You actually say, like, what am I feeling right now? And how do I give myself space to acknowledge that so that I've kind of processed it a little bit before I go in there? And, you know, Ben, when you were talking about having these conversations, right, when you're actually in a space of calm and you're able to have these non-defensive conversations, right, where you actually ask questions about What was your experience? You know, and even in my own life, right, with my own family, there's certain family members that when I was trying to be real and when I was trying to, you know, tell this person how much I was hurt by certain things, they just reacted and they would, you know, they would react and they would say something mean to me or whatever it was. And so in those moments where I felt so hurt, I wasn't able to actually take a moment to say, why is this person behaving this way, right? Why are they always triggered whenever I mention something that they did that hurt me, right? And so being able to actually empathize and ask someone where they're coming from often brings those defenses down because they're like, oh, this person isn't attacking me. They actually want to know what my experience was as well, right? It's kind of like a two-way street. Yeah. And so I think that you guys do that really well.
3: I think that... Thank you so much. When it comes to parents too, I think you're often surprised by how much they really do love you. And I think that when you peel back some of the onion layers, you come to see, oh my gosh, there's probably no one in the world that loves me more than this person. But there's a lot that's eschewing my, my experience of that. And so those conversations can help you just to be grounded in that reality, which is this person birthed me, they raised me, they have my back. But I need to be honest, too, about my experience and how I feel, what my heart is saying. And so all of that is valid in one conversation.
0: Yeah, and, you know, again, this might not be the situation for everybody. Uh, Maybe a lot of people haven't grown up in safe environments with parents that are loving. So I think that we are ultimately responsible to protect ourselves in a healthy way. And we are allowed to give ourselves permission to say no. We are allowed to give ourselves permission to remove ourselves from a situation. If things are getting out of control, if uh, there is this taking place, it's completely okay for us to say, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. I'm going to go for a walk. And whenever you guys are done fighting like this, uh, you let me know and I'm going to come back
1: to help you navigate anxiety and become more mindful, I've created a 20-page workbook for you, completely free. You'll find journal prompts, exercises, and a wealth of information on how you can master anxiety and live a better life. Click the link in the description to download.
2: Yeah, those boundaries are so good, right? And and even, you know, when you're talking about expectations, Allie, right? And that sometimes it's important to have these real conversations and you guys are so good at that. And, you know, asking those curious questions, being able to share experience. Um, And then sometimes, you know, that expectation about where someone's at, right. Sometimes if we have the conversation over and over again, and this person just doesn't seem to change or doesn't seem to be willing to hear us, then it's kind of like, okay, you know, I've done what I need to do now. How do I, actually just come to a place of radical acceptance that this person is just where they're at right now, right? And how do I just love them where they're at? And, you know, it might mean that there's certain topics of conversation that I don't go there because I know that it's just going to end in disaster, right? There's a family member of mine that we would get into political conversations and then we wouldn't talk for two weeks. And this kept happening over and over again. And I was like, you know what? This is just not working. They're trying to convince me they're right. I'm trying to convince them I'm right. And we're getting nowhere. So you know what? For the sake of our relationship, maybe we just don't go there. You know, maybe this is actually an area that we can't navigate well. Um, and and so what do you guys think about that? You know, just in terms of that expectation. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you guys have your own experience of when is the time to keep fighting for it? In a healthy way, and when is the time to kind of just let go and come to that place of acceptance and and you know to protect ourselves? Great question.
3: Yeah,
0: we're still navigating that one, but we can share the wisdom that we have learned along the way. I think that for years we, um, like you were saying at the beginning, uh, we have chosen the wrong battles, and one of those battles was to convince um, our family to be on the same page that we were. And that was an unhealthy expectation. So we have come to terms to let go and grieve. You know, I think grieving is really important when it comes to unmet expectations. We have to grieve, Wow, I wish that we were here, but we we aren't. And that's okay. I wanna still be committed to fight for a relationship. In the capacity that they can't give to me, mm-hmm. even if that doesn't look like the way that I expect them to to love me, to accept me, to pursue me, I'm gonna be okay with what they can give me. Maybe I, I'm expecting a ten, and maybe they can give me a five. And if that's all they have, that's okay. I'm gonna meet them at a five, and I'm gonna disappoint. I'm gonna be honest with my my pain and with my disappointments. And really grieve it not with them obviously but in my time alone in my time individually i'm gonna grieve and say you know what it's not worth it to keep keep fighting over something that is not gonna lead to something purposeful or, or connection so if the only connection that they can give me is this this is okay but i want to be intentional about fighting for the connection that we still have
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and that's, I love that grieving, right? That it's actually really important to process the grief of the loss of maybe what we wanted and to come to that place of acceptance.
1: Would you like me to read your letter? Click on the description of this video to submit your question.
2: Something also that I see a lot of is the way that families affect our own relationships, right? Affect marriages, affect our partners. navigating in-laws is really hard how you know oftentimes that will transfer into um, our our partnership right and so how have you guys navigated? you have a beautiful marriage I I know it's not perfect because no marriage is but you guys are so honest about that and you're able to work through it and have such a healthy marriage and relationship. Um, can you share a little bit about your process of how did this stuff impact your marriage and how did you actually work through that to be able to still maintain that connection, right? Ali talked about that. And I think that that's yeah. also um, an important piece in terms of evaluating where people um, are at. Is this going to bring me closer to connection or is this actually breaking our connection? Right. And so how did you guys um, navigate that to maintain a healthy marriage while processing all of this? Cause that's a lot.
3: Right. So, as a husband, my most important relationship in the world is my wife, right? Maintaining that connection, that relationship with her. There's really no other more important task in my life than that. It's the foundation for much of, of what I'm building, what we're building together is our actual relational connection. The invisible connection between us is the foundation for everything else that people see and, and experience with us. So, that is something I have to steward, but at the same time, I think for most people, I can speak for myself, the relationship that tugs most on your heart after your, you know, significant other is your is your family, it's your parents, it's your siblings, it's people who raised you, it's mentors. And those folks um, have a lot of influence because you really want to keep those connections strong because they're very important to you. And so I know that in my own life. I oftentimes did feel tugged in my own heart between my wife and my family when there was tension. Part of me wanted to fix the relationship with my family, with my parents, siblings. The other part of me wanted to continue to prioritize my relationship with my wife. And both of those things are good. But I would say that that created a great deal of tension with my wife and I because we weren't sure exactly how to balance that. Am I trying too hard to fix things with my family? Or am I ignoring that relationship too much? And so that was a learning experience and probably one of the more challenging things that I've ever navigated in my life.
0: Yeah, and I will say codependency is one of those components that, you know, we have been married for 10 years. And again, girl, you know us. Our marriage is far from perfect. We're learning every single day, Um, and some days it's crazy. Some days is joyful and amazing. You know, it's a journey. It's a process. So I will say that you know codependency is a really key factor that even when you maybe maybe you meet a partner and you want to start a family, it's really important to maybe break free from those codependent relationships Mm -hmm. so that you don't carry that into your marriage or into your relationships. Because, you know, we have experienced a lot of pain that have come from a codependent relationship uh, between, maybe not to throw you under the bus, we're very open about Mm -hmm. it. Throw you under the bus. Uh, Ben and his mom, before I came into the picture, there was a lot of codependency there. And when we, you know, when I started becoming his priority and his wife, that really affected his mom. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I really, you know, love to talk about is it's not that we live in regret or in shame, but if we could do something, if we could have done something, you know, to prevent the pain and the, misunderstood, the misunderstanding that. Ben and I had, um, that would have been for Ben to have better boundaries with his mom from the beginning. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think something that a coach or therapist, Dr. Brandolini, can help you with is helping you to identify when are you fighting for a relationship because it's worthy of fighting for, or when are you fighting for it because there are elements of codependency that are making you feel like without this relationship i'm not fully who i am and that needs to be broken and you need to be fully who you are without that relationship because that's the only sturdy foundation for a relationship and i really feel like you can only get there with outside observation and objective opinions
2: yes that's why we're here right we're here to help you guys Yes, um and so You know, for people who don't know, codependency basically means a dynamic that happens between two people where one person needs the other and the other needs to be needed, right? And so you end up in this unhealthy cycle where um there this is your identity in this relationship, right? You get a lot of value from needing to be needed, and the other person also gets that value from having you fulfill their needs. So, um, That happens often in relationships and especially in families. And so as we, you, you guys and I talk about a lot, right? Healthy families, healthy relationships start with healthy people, right? And so it's about first examining our own stuff and it's really hard to do that. And that's why I think it's beautiful. You know, you guys in your marriage, what you do beautifully is that you're mirrors for each other and you're able to be, um, kind and compassionate while you say, hey, you know, you behave this way and I don't really like it. Or actually, you know what? I'm putting words in your mouth. Why don't you tell us how did you navigate some of these conversations when maybe Allie, you noticed this or, you know, Ben, you came to this realization to actually be able to have a productive conversation instead of want to rip each other's head off.
0: That's really, really good. So, you know, I think that one of those things is to be curious instead of attacking each other. And we really try to be intentional about eliminating fear out of our conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of the times when we have had heated arguments or deep misunderstandings, uh, those times have been rooted in fear and creating scenarios in our heads that are not happening, that are not true, that are not each other's hearts at all. but we were blinded by fear. So we are very intentional about eliminating fear out of our narrative and asking each other questions. Hey, when you spoke to me like that, what was going on behind, like, behind the scenes? Like, why, uh, can you help me understand why you were upset? Was there anything that I did that reminded you of someone unsafe in your life? Just to try to be curious rather than attacking each other when it comes to conversations yeah i agree i think that whenever a person is triggering and it's you know for Ale and i when
3: whenever she would trigger or when i would trigger those are really opportunities to potentially help each other to get towards the root of what was behind that sometimes we trigger at our significant other and react emotionally towards that person when there's actually something behind it that goes back further deeper maybe to family origin and so i think just being able to sort of highlight that to the other person and also being willing if it's appropriate to go on that journey of like hey i feel like you're treating me in a way that doesn't exactly correlate with my behavior or what i've done yeah i kind of you know forgot to wash the dishes but like you're very upset at me for that is there something more behind that And that's, you know, where the fun
0: starts. Yeah, if we can share a quick story. Um, I grew up in a family. My family, I will say, is high performing. They don't like to talk about emotions. And I have always been that emotional person that would express my emotions, how I felt. I remember, you know, sitting at the table and being like, I'm so sad. I'm really upset about that. And my family just staring at me as what's wrong with you? We don't talk about that. So sometimes my emotions, um, growing up, I felt like my emotions were not acknowledged or validated by my family. So that was definitely a trigger and has been a trigger of mine. And in situations where, for example, Ben is driving, so he might be distracted and I'm like sharing an emotion. Um, we have had moments where I have felt trigger of Benny's not validating. He's not listening to what I have to say where I'm sharing my heart. And this kinda of hurts a lot. So in the past, you know, maybe two one one year married or two year married, I would like attack and say, why did you not listen to me? Why didn't you validate to me? Like do you even care? And now what I do is I take some time to to assess myself and say, why am I feeling so triggered right now? Where is this coming from? oh, this is coming from me feeling or experiencing this pain in my childhood. But it has nothing to do necessarily with them. It has everything to do with what I am choosing to believe about myself in this moment. So instead of accusing, I will come into asking for understanding and also being honest of, I know that it was not your intention not to listen or relate to what I said,
2: Um, but this is how I felt. No, that mindfulness piece of not reacting out of emotion, but actually slowing down and saying, Ooh, I'm feeling something. How do I now evaluate? Is this a me problem? Is this a you problem or is it a we problem? Right. Um, And even kind of evaluating, okay, is this, how do we make this us against the problem versus me versus you, right? And so many other good things, but um, we we've run out of time. And so, Ali, Ben, you guys are amazing. I know you guys help. You know, you help people through all of the stuff that we've talked about as couples, also as individuals. Ali, you have like a coaching business. So, where can people find you if they want to hear more about what you guys do or they want to get in touch? You can find us
0: on our Instagram, between A and B.
3: Yeah, you can also visit us online at a-b.community.
2: Fantastic. Thank you guys for being here. Um, You are amazing. And I know you guys helped a lot of people today um, and look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you, Dr.
0: Ariana. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you do. You are helping us grow and transform. And I know that you're helping so many others. It's been such an honor.